Welcome to episode 154 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. Super duper excited for you to listen to this episode today. I am joined by my friend and Fitter After 40 alum, Paula, and she's going to talk you through how she went in one year. She made the changes I'm about to tell you in just one year. She talked about how a year ago she was the heaviest she's ever been. She was hiding behind people in pictures. She was in this um, post-pandemic cycle of basically like cook, drink, eat. She really didn't like who she saw in the mirror was just about ready to tip from overweight to obese on the BMI, which she admitted as I do too. That's not the be all end all, but it is an important uh, number to be aware of. That's where she was a year ago. And now she describes herself as the healthiest she's ever been in her life at age 52. We're going to talk you through how she made those changes and most importantly, how you can do it too. Speaking of which, I have two announcements for you. Announcement number one, if you listen to this episode and you're like, yes, I want to do exactly what Paula did, now's the time. Fitter After 40 is opening in one week. Okay, you can get on the wait list for that, which is where you're going to get the best price. You're going to get some awesome bonuses. You can get on that wait list at the link here in this episode. You can also find the link on my website, kimschlagfitness.com. It's time we're going to be starting. We start the day after Labor Day here in the States, which I think is September 5th or 6th. It's a Tuesday. That's when we actually start. But you can get in only for a few short days and get ready to go. So get on that list. Okay. And then announcement number two, I'm going to be offering a free masterclass for no BS secrets of women who've gotten fitter after 40. More women just like Paula. We're going to share how they did that. What are four secrets? And when I say this, guys, I'm not talking about like, I found this potion in the Amazon and they drank it. It's not like that. These are realistic, no BS secrets, things that you can repeat in your life. We're going to be talking about that in this masterclass. Three rounds of it are going live. August 29th, it is that week. We're gonna do two on Monday and another on Wednesday. You can find all of the information about that. The link to that is gonna be in this episode. It's also gonna be in my Instagram bio. You can find the link there. Come to class, learn how they did it and how you can do it too. All right, on to the episode. Paula. Hi. Hi, Kim, how are you? Good, it's so good to see you. Likewise. I'm really excited about our chat. I've been super impressed with how you've handled this whole entire experience um, this past year, and I'm excited for other people to learn from you. So let's start here. Tell everybody a little bit about you. Let's get to know you a bit. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, really nice to, to, to speak with you, Kim. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm 52 years old. Uh, I am American, but I live in, in Switzerland now for many years. I'm a California transplant here. And um, I work in international philanthropy, uh, where we finance um, uh, large scale health programs in the development world. And um, so I have a very uh, sedentary work. And um, but really exciting where I get to travel a lot. And um, yeah, so I'm really happy with the, with the work that I'm doing and really happy to be living where I am and to be bi-coastal as it were, going back and forth between the US and Switzerland. Yeah, now how many years has Switzerland been your home? Oh, 20 years now. Yeah, I thought it had been a long time because you definitely do not have an American accent. 
you have like a European type accent? I think I probably speak a bit slower because, you know, Americans are known to speak very fast <laughs> and non-English speakers always get a little bit confused. So I've learned to slow myself down and to enunciate better mm. uh, with non-American uh, English yeah, speakers. I'm the worst with that because I, I speak fast even for an American. Like I'm at the far end of that. So I do try. I do try. I have lived abroad and I do try to speak slower, but even me trying to speak slower, it doesn't sound slow. So <laughs> you do have very good diction. I can always understand you. And later on in the chat, I definitely want to come back to the idea that you travel a lot because that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with when they're trying to lose weight, build healthy habits is like, I travel a lot for work. What, how do I do this? I definitely want to come back to that piece right. in a little bit. Um, okay. So a year ago, we started working together when you joined Fitter After 40. Tell everybody where you were at before you joined. Like what was happening with your health and fitness? Like where were you mindset wise? What was going on? Okay. So first of all, just to say that I was following you for quite some time. Uh, I don't remember exactly how I got introduced to you, but I curate my, uh, my Instagram feed and you're one of my top favorites because always you had great advice and always very positive and um, always very kind. And so a year ago, I was, as all of us were sort of at the tail end of the horrific COVID time where all I did was cook and eat and drink and mm -hmm. cook and re eat and drink on repeat. Um, also, I was sort of in full-on menopause and um, with all the symptoms that came with it, the shift in the weight and sleeplessness and brain fog and exhaustion and moodiness. And of course, I tried to compensate all of that by eating, which is what I always did in my life because I love food. I love to cook. And, um, you know, so that's sort of where I was at the heaviest weight that I've ever been in my life. Um, now for some people that may not seem like a very high weight, but for me it was, and I was at the tail end at the BMI where you're on the borderline between overweight and just becoming obese. Got it. So BMI is not definitive, but it's one marker, right. Yeah. Of, of health. So, um, and it was just really hard to shop for clothes, um, in Europe because people are small. So you don't have all the big sizes that you have mm. in the U S and all the choices. So I had to buy my jeans in the U S and. Uh, my underwear in the U.S. because I was on the very, very big uh, sizes in Europe. Um, and I just had no structure to my, to my, to my day. I had very little energy. Um, so, yes, I was not in a great place. Mm. And looking into my 50s, I did not want to go into being pre-diabetic and having my daughter stand in front of me when I took the picture because I felt too fat and embarrassed to see myself in pictures, which is an yeah. awful feeling. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, okay. We're going to come back to the whole midsection, like as far as like, what did you actually do? But let's fast forward. Okay. To now, where are you health, fitness, physique? Where are you now? Well, I, I'm really happy to say that I think I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And Wow. It is just an incredible thing to say for someone who's in their fifties, because you think you go into your fifties and you go into that middle age, which is the middle age uh, sort of paradigm we lived with, with our parents and other generations. Right. And so um, I think I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I walk more. Um, I have a lot of breath. Um, I, I lift heavy for me. Yeah. Um, and, 
you know, I've, I've lost uh, quite a bit of weight. I'm actually almost at my goal weight, but I think I'm going to keep going a little bit more. Um, so overall, I don't know if you want me to say how much I've lost. You or absolutely can. Right. So when I started, I was at 166 pounds. Now I'm barely five foot two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's 75 and a half kilos for those people who do kilos. And now I'm at 138 and I'm talking average weight. So for people who know that you should be doing average weights and not daily weigh-ins, that will mean something. Yeah. So, so yes, I've dropped 28 pounds and 28 pounds is a lot less weight to carry around with you. So the little knee pain that I had, my back aches have disappeared and uh, I just feel great. And even recently I was telling my husband that I feel like starting running again. Wow. (laughs) Because I have the energy. So I was um, going to start looking into how to get back into running safely, you know, the run walk. And um, I'm going to take a dance class. And I, I just feel really alive and really, I feel good. I don't feel heavy and I feel good other than the menopause symptoms, of course. Yeah, which are, yeah we yeah. can't make those go away. No, <laughs> <laughs> we have to work with those and around those and in spite of those, right? Exactly. Um, that's incredible. And I remember last winter you messaged uh, in the group and you were like, I'm going to go skiing for the first time in yes. a really long time. And I actually feel like I can do, like I'm strong enough to do this. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I'm not a great skier, but I was always really afraid to get on the slope because I didn't have strength in my legs and my upper, my hips and my quads to keep me. And yeah, I had, I skied for the first time, I think in 10, 12 years. So that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. All right. Those are some massive results. We're talking physique Mm -hmm. goals, how you feel goals, goals, you know, how you show up in the world, what you're, you feel confident, confident to do. Like this is big time stuff. So what did you actually do? Like you're in Fitter after 40, what changes did you make to your life? What looked different with your eating, with your training? Like, what did you do? Well, I, I followed your program, Kim. And uh, <laughs> yes, she did. So tell I, people I, like, what does that look yes, like? <laughs> I did. Yeah. And I think that the, the great thing is that, um, you know, you kind of got it in sets, right? So it's not like you start and you're just looking at your food. I think what was interesting and what I'm doing now, even now a year later, um, is constantly learning and learning different aspects of, because weight loss is not just about food, it's about mindset. And that's what I really, you hear that, but I've really integrated that concept. Yeah. It kind of has to land and it's kind of a slow process. And I think um, I've become much more patient I'm not expecting to lose, you know, two, three, four pounds a month or one pound a week. Um, And so I think that, you know, I'm I'm much more patient. Um, I've adjusted my expectations um, in terms of the time that it takes to make these changes. But my expectations in terms of myself have gone up. So it's kind of a dual expectation, right? Tell us about that. So you kind of, Well, I think that you, well, I have, um, I don't expect perfection from myself when it comes to my training and nutrition, but my expectations of what I can do long-term are much higher for myself. So it's not the the day-to-day you kind of slow down, but the long-term you have expectations because you know you're going to reach it. And I think 
since I've stuck with the program for so long and have been really consistent and participating. And like you said, in the beginning, you can get out of it as much as you put into it. Yeah. Um, you learn something new every week, every month. Um, and so I think uh, I've learned to push myself at the gym, um, try not to be mean to myself. When you kind of get a little bit discouraged to just think, keep going, be patient, trust the process and all the mantras that you've taught us around, you're not a trash can. <laughs> yeah. All of those things don't, you know, all of the little things, it's like a compilation of, of small, small steps. And it's, it's, it's been really interesting. Um, the habits that you asked me what I've done, um, I think I've been tracking a lot on uh, all my food to the point where it's just become really easy to do. I, I spend very little time doing it and it gives me the sense of comfort that I'm going where I'm going. And I weigh in every day, as you had suggested for those who you know don't have a, a troubled history with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think overall, just carving out the, grabbing the time for myself to do all of these things because yes. we're in the midlife squeeze. So yeah, that's a big one. You know, um, sometimes people would hear a story like yours and be like, well, she just must have a lot of time on her hands, not a mm -hmm. lot to do, but you have a family and you have a busy job, right? It's not Very. like you're just like, I spend my, my days. Like this is a, this is how I spend my days. I'm a fitness pro, right? <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Really, that's definitely encouraging for people to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, what has changed in your eating? Like when you think how you ate a year ago versus now, what's different? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's more intentional. Mm. Um, and it's not, I walk in the kitchen and I do a random look at the fridge and I eat something that I think is healthy, right? Yeah. Because it's different eating. There's foods that are healthy and unprocessed. And then there's foods that are, and those foods can be very, very high in calories. And, and I've learned to, it's like a car, right? Where you, with stick shift, you know, you kind of put things in gear. Um, and so I think I have a number of favorite meals. Um, and of course, I've increased uh, my protein a lot. I think I was maybe eating barely 30, 40 grams of protein a day, if that. Okay. Because I, and now I'm eating at at least a hundred. Um, I should be eating more, but if I hit a hundred, I feel like I've done quite well. Okay. And I've learned how to do that throughout the day to, you know, not just the dinner, but have a little bit of breakfast, have a little bit of lunch, have a little bit of, you know, snack. So I think the intentional eating, um, is, has been really, really big. That's a big yeah. one. That's mm -hmm. a big one. It's interesting how we can go through our lives like day to day and be like zombies, like just not even thinking about our food. It's just like habitual. It's just, it's like somewhere in the back of our mind, not in the forefront of our mind. And what a difference it can make bringing yeah. that intentionality to how much we eat, why we're eating, when we're eating, what the experience of eating is like. That's huge stuff. That's huge stuff. So Paula, you have really, really made such strides in the gym. Like it is such a joy to watch where you're at now. You are a rank beginner when it came to strength training, <laughs> right? Absolute beginner. Uh, I did Weight Watchers 20 years ago. And when I was doing it, um, you know, I had a coach and I was going to the gym 
And, um, and during that time, I did some machine work, but I had never lifted weights in my entire life. I'm not very athletic. Um, you know, don't practice sports, never did weights. I was always very intimidated. And I think um, I am there with the free weights with all the young boys. <laughs> and I'm claiming my space. Uh, yes, you are. As a middle-aged woman there. Yes, <laughs> you I'm are. Holding my own. You really are. And you have been so good about consistently posting form videos for me to review in our Facebook group, like all the time for the past year, there's Paula showing me her lifts. And then I give you a couple of tweaks and I'm like, how does this feel? Try that. And then you're, then you're like, I've got that exercise. And then, you know, a few months later, like, how about this one? And you're constantly in there getting better. And you know, what you had just said at the beginning is, is also what I used to say about myself. Like I'm, I'm just not really athletic. And I have to say, Paula, I don't think you can say that anymore. Like, I think you've said that your whole life as did I. And at this moment in time, I don't think it's an appropriate label for you. Right. <laughs> That's a nice way to think of it. Yes, yes, I think so. And I think one of the things that I also realize is that you don't have to suffer to 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 get in shape and be strong. Yeah. And going to the gym has become like a small challenge and a privilege to carve that time out for myself rather than a chore. And I don't ever do cardio at the gym anymore. I mean, I would go to the, I can't believe I used to go to the gym and get on the treadmill. It's like, what? Was, <laughs> what a waste of time. So now I just walk a lot. And if I haven't done my walk for the day, the day doesn't seem complete. So um, I think the walking also has been big, big change for my mental health. And like I said, it's small, small steps of realizing all the little bits of the the program that has really helped me sort of reach my optimum health. And, and I'm always afraid of sort of stopping, but I tell myself, I am a person who does this and I am a person who lifts weights and I'm not going to go back to how it was. And I realized that this is doable without, you know, having to eat grapefruit all day. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's good. It's really good. I love that. Gosh, I'm smiling so big right now. Just hearing you even say like, my day doesn't feel complete if I haven't gotten my walk-in and that's such mm -hmm. a change for you. Mm -hmm. And that is the kind of shifts that just really excite me when people like have fundamentally shifted their lifestyle so that doing, not doing the healthy thing would just feel weird. Like it's just become a part of who you are. Like you take your daily walk and that's just who you are as a person. Yes. Yes. I think it's, it's, it, it's really interesting. I've actually, I'm surprised my, I shock myself. And I think <laughs> sometimes you really have, um, I don't want to wish that on anybody, but sometimes you hit rock bottom, um, whether people may not see it as rock bottom, but you, in your mind, you know, that you're not well, you're not comfortable in your body. Um, you don't feel good. And, and I think when you do, then you kind of have a wake up call. And I think there's a lot of pieces of information that you, you know, hear and read on social media about fitness. And I think it's really helpful to have a holistic program that encourages you to go sort of long-term that this is not just about weight loss. This is about longevity. It's about sticking with it. It's about quality of life more than anything. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So talk to us some about travel. Like how much do you travel? You're always in exotic places, by the way. She's yes. not like, she's not going like the next town over. Tell us like, how do you manage 
keeping up with walks and exercise and healthy eating when you're traveling so much for business and pleasure. Right. So, yes. Yeah, so travel started again after the COVID hiatus um, in April of this year. And I'd work a lot in West Africa. So I travel in West Africa and people may think, oh, goodness, uh, you know, that's awful. But actually, it's quite pleasant. I, I really like it. Um, you can always find something that you can eat. And I think the trick is to just be aware, uh, not to be rude when people offer you things. Um, but just I try to at the hotel, you know, use the buffet tips mm -hmm. that you give us, you know, one plate, for example, um, there's always fresh fruit, there's always um, some good nice piece of bread. And if there's nothing available, then just eat what you're going to eat until you're full, but don't overeat. So I've done that. And I haven't necessarily always lost weight. I also had COVID twice this year. Mm. And I think despite all of it, I've managed to lose this weight. So I think it's all about the consistency. But for travel, I think, yeah, your tips have really helped around what is your red line? You know, are you going to have alcohol? Or are you going to have dessert? And also, I know now that I did a month of uh, travel, I was in Spain for holiday. Um, I tried to go into maintenance where I was eating a few hundred calories more than my, my, my loss, uh, my deficit calories. And I realized that it's, it's possible to do that. And I, and, and it worked out fine. And I think it's a series of habits that you build. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good stuff. Um, you know, when you travel, I like what you said about, you can eat the food that's there. And I think because people can get really wrapped up in their mind, like, it's just going to be high calorie food. It's just going to be so-called mm -hmm. junk food. Right. But the idea that one, even if it is, you can just figure out how much of it you're going to eat, eat one plate, eat till you're satisfied. Don't overeat it just because it's not, you know, the healthiest option, but two, knowing that most of the time there are going to be some of the healthy options. Like most of the yeah. time you are going to be able to find fruit. You are going to be able to find some protein and going into it confident, knowing like I can handle this. Like it's not that the situation is going to control me, but I'm going to be able to make choices to the best of my ability in the situation. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yes. And it's not, you know, and you're always going to, when you're traveling, it's not like you're completely out of control for three meals a day during five days in a row. Yeah. It may be one meal, it may be one cocktail, it may be one invitation, um, but you can always, even if you're offered a hamburger and French fries, you could say, oh, you know, I'll just eat the burger. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I don't want to go into details of, you know, all the, all the things, but there's always options, um, and you can always work it and still manage to enjoy yourself. So I have yeah, not that... felt at all deprived the last, I mean, you do feel I mean, deprived in the sense that sometimes you see people having the starter, the main, the dessert, and the three glasses of wine and the cocktail before, and you're, and you're sitting there basically consuming about 30% of what they're doing, but you're yeah. like, I have other goals. Yeah. Those goals are more important to me than the moment. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes you'll choose like, am I going to have the wine or am I going to have the dessert? So you can have some of it. We just don't have all of it all the time. And that's how you're able to make such incredible progress, not feel deprived, still continue to travel for both work and, you know, for fun. Um, 
And then I think knowing that it's part, sometimes you're, and to know that when you're in deficit is one thing, but when you go into maintenance, you can have more and knowing that that's coming, it's not like you have to eat like this the rest of your life. That's right. That's That's the big thing that I've realized. And that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge because a lot of people um, don't really understand that there's this space between I'm losing weight and I'm gaining weight, right? Because we've bounced back and forth between the two so much. Our whole life, we've either been in a diet or we're gaining weight and we've blown right by this middle piece, which is weight maintenance. And that's Mm -hmm. a place where you can live and have more calories and likely have the wine and the dessert when you go out on a Friday night or on a trip and you're still maintaining your weight. And so, um, and you've definitely practiced that well when you've been on trips and had these maintenance breaks. And so that's a great reminder, everyone listening, like being in a deficit the rest of your life is not the goal. And it's not, um, that's not the ideal. uh, And it's not, it's not healthy. And it's not what you want for your life. Like, do you really want, who wants to be on a diet the rest of their lives, right? Like who wants to be, um, really in a deficit for the rest of their lives. It's just, it's no way to live. Um, okay. One last question for you, Paula, if mm-hmm. you could give one piece of advice to people who were right where, where you were a year ago, not feeling comfortable in your body, not being able to wear the clothes you want to wear, not happy with your, with your weight and your habits, you could give one piece of advice to them, either, you know, some kind of mental change they could make or physical, like, what would you say to those people who are where you were a year ago? I would say try to jump in and be patient with yourself. Um, You may have quote unquote failed in the sense that you didn't reach your goal in the past, but it doesn't mean you're not going to make it this time. And you've done hard things in your life. We all have, right? Um, In our own ways. And Um, this is a bit challenging in the sense that it's a change, but it's not impossible. And um, I think you need to trust yourself and commit to yourself and give yourself the luxury of time to take care of yourself and, um, you know, uh, give it one more shot, if you will, or give it another shot because uh, maybe this time you will have found a program that, that really resonates with you and will help you reach your goals. That's so well said, Paula. And those of you listening, I want you to look at Paula as evidence that you can do this too. So often we see somebody who's made the big change we want to make and almost imperceptibly, we think it's something unique to that person. Like, well, they're just good at this. They're just lucky. It's their life circumstance. When really we can look at that person and be like, oh, they did it. And that's evidence that I can do it too. As amazing as Paula is, it's not like she's some outlier, like, oh, she's the type of person who can change her habits and lose weight. Like you can be that person too. Paula, thank you so much for coming on and being willing to share with us your experience. Um, I just have really been so blessed to sit and watch as you become this version of yourself who's strong and takes up space uh, with those young boys around you in the gym, lifting the heavy weights. It's really, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Kim. Um, And I'm really looking forward to the second year with you where I really get to make even more gains and uh, be part of the the lovely community on, on Facebook that we're all used to now. Yes. So if everyone's like, wait a minute, I thought this program that she did was only eight weeks. It is. Fitter After 40 is eight weeks. And then you can stay on as an alumni in my Aging Stronger Society 
And that's where these women like really blossom and just take such control. And that's where I, I see all that. You'll see me posting videos of women like doing push-ups or hear me talking about them. And that's when they're doing it because it takes longer than just eight weeks to make those type of changes. And so Paula has stayed on in the group and really just made amazing progress in um, her physicality. And I'm super pleased to have been able to watch that. All right, Paula, thanks again. Thank you, Kim. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.